This is the Clearly Kosciuszko Podcast, telling the story of Kosciuszko County through the eyes of those who have been here lifetimes and those who have just arrived. The mission of Clearly Kosciuszko is to craft a sense of place and pull all corners of our county together. The story of our community is ever unfolding and needs you. Each month, we'll talk with those involved in our community and invite listeners to play, learn, and grow alongside us. Now, the latest edition of the Clearly Kosciuszko Podcast with your host, Jody Claypool and Ryan Martin. And welcome back to another Clearly Kosciuszko podcast. Once again, broadcasting from the fantastic Dream On Studios, a partner of ours with the Clearly Kosciuszko podcast, Kedco Convention Visitors Bureau, Tippy River Adventures. Get on the river. I just put another group on the river here today. It's a fantastic time to be on the river. Uh, thank you for all the support there. And we're talking about small town, big amenities again this time. I think this is maybe not the last, but it's closing in on the last part uh, of that uh, podcast series. We'll be embarking on another one in August. That's going to be kind of interesting. We'll be talking about that here a little bit later on. Jody Claypool, my usual co-host, had to skedaddle. So uh, Jessica Houck sitting in again today as a co-host. Jessica, Jessica, welcome. Welcome. It's good to be here and have a fun conversation today. Yeah, fun conversation. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be one that I believe we're going to be leaving with mouths watering. I only have one complaint. Our guests did not bring us anything. <laughs> we had this discussion before they showed up yes. through the door. I was primed and ready for a sushi roll or something, and they came in with nothing. I'm quite upset. Jessica, who do we have here today? Sure. Today we're talking about small town big amenities, but related around food and that the table and gathering together. So, um, I'm going to introduce you to our guests today. We have Scott and Tish Woods of Noah Noah and Jason Brown of 110 Craft Meadery. And it's a great community if you love food, right? Who doesn't love food? There's always, we have to eat to survive, um, but eating can be really fun. And there are some great restaurants. It's been fun to see the community come together. I refer to Scott a little bit as we'll call him the godfather of food in Kosciuszko County because so many great restaurants have come because of Scott's love for food and just the willingness to try new things, um, to have some great experiences and to bring those back here to Kosciuszko County. And one of them is his relationship with Jason and now to see how food brings people together from not only um, just a community standpoint, but also in terms of business and development and growth. Um, there's some kind of sharing the love, so to speak, across the table. Um, and we get to be a part of that conversation today. So well, that sounds exciting. So it, given that introduction, Scott, since you are the godfather of food <laughs> here in it, so it, first question is going to go to you. Um, if you're the godfather oh, of food, man, Jess. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hammer this for quite a while if you can't figure you, that you out. You need to be careful. Don't ask for a favor on his right. daughter's birthday, yeah. I think it is, or maybe it's a wedding. I'm not sure yeah, how that no works. All the, yeah. all, all the, the Don quotes want to come to my mind right now, but we're not going to go there. Um, so why here? 
why here? What brought you here? What, why has everything started here? Why are you considered, via Jessica, the godfather of food? What, what brought your journey here? Wow. Yeah. You got a couple hours. <laughs> We've got 27 minutes and 30 seconds, bud. Okay, so um, I've always cooked. This is why I tell the customers that ask. Um, I turned 60 this August. Uh, back in the day, there was a book club in first grade. Um, can't remember the name of the book club. Elastic. Yeah, there you go. And uh, uh, my first three books that I ordered in first grade were cookbooks. Okay. I have two out of the three still. Wow. And I have notes that I've changed recipes. So that the cooking side of it, I obviously has been in there. Um, I tell a humorous humorous story. Uh, a little bit earlier than first grade, my mom used to try to keep me under control by sticking me in the pots and pans while she was cooking her mm. dinner. She'd keep a knee on the cabinet door, but it was open. And uh, so my friends were pots and pans for all, but she could keep track of me. Now, probably that'll get you on CNN nowadays. <laughs> but back then, it was just a way to keep It was me called there. parenting. Yeah, yeah. parenting, yeah. Right. very much so. <laughs> um, fast forward. Always cooked, always had collected cookbooks. Um, graduated from Tippecanoe Valley High School, went to Ball State for art and marketing. Graduated from Ball State, was in radio, TV, and advertising in Fort Wayne for about three years. Um, suit and tie didn't suit me. Came back to Warsaw, had an idea for a sporting goods store. Uh, that was retail, great store. I didn't like retail, but I started a volleyball league next door. Mm -hmm. And in three weeks, I was picking up so much food trash from all the fast food places. I said, well, it'd be great if I just could sell this stuff instead of having to just pick it all up. Um, started selling ham sandwiches out of a little shed, out of a little eight by eight storage building. I always say it's ham sandwiches, Cokes, and illegal beers if you reach down far enough in the cooler. <laughs> um, it still exists. It yeah. still exists. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. have yeah. to know which cooler, yeah. which cooler you got to get into. There. And you can always buy around for the kitchen anywhere in <laughs> town. That was, so. that, was, that was 88, 1988, yep. 89. Mm -hmm. um, the, there, it was so popular in 89, the Warsaw Police Department said, I'm going to have to go legit. Uh, there were just so many people down there. Volleyball was huge. We had four courts. It was right along East Jefferson Street at that time. And um, I went down to, uh, the. I had, I, I had the first outdoor license in, in I think, Kosciuszko County. There wasn't even one available, but I wanted to be able to sit out on the back deck and have mm -hmm. a beer and watch volleyball. And so I had to go down and petition that at the state house. And um, they, they gave me the uh, license, the, just a beer license. Mm -hmm. And that was 1990, 91. And now I'm here. We're here. <laughs> well, and so what's, what, what's interesting about that, so I, I sitting here and, and, and listening to the story, you know, you guys are here to talk food. Uh -huh. and, and I would say, I would venture to guess that a large number of listeners to this podcast are familiar. They've either been there once mm -hmm. or twice or they've heard about all of you guys. Mm -hmm. But volleyball. Yeah. Volleyball is it without volleyball? No, this I, doesn't start. I, I, I owe and, everything. We owe everything to that sport, yeah. and it's really kind mm -hmm. of 
kooky, but yeah. And it's still going on today. You go to Spikes. I drove past the other. I drove oh, past. Man. Actually, had a guy in to uh, one of the jobs I have, Louis Dreyfus Company, my main mm-hmm. job working out there. I had a guy in from the corporate office. He's talking about all sorts of carbon stuff. This. And he's like, well, where 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 do we eat? And he goes, well, and I give out. I actually threw both of y'all's names out there. To t- he goes, I think I know. They were busy the other night. I go, yeah, they were busy the other night. It was, it's volleyball league time at Spikes, and yeah. they're playing. He goes, I know that place. And so till this day, you guys are running with that, and that's how it started. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, it, it really, we, we owe it all to it. And, it, and it, you know, it, it, it's brought so many people and families, and just it's, it's amazing what it's given us. It really has. So take us on the adventure then from going from volleyball, selling ham sandwiches and beers at the bottom of the cooler <laughs> to doing what you're doing now, because it's not just ham sandwiches on the menu. No. You, you've come quite a ways. Love of cookbooks and love of cooking mm-hmm. have got you there. But how did that journey meander as we went? The influences for your place? Um, gosh, is, does anybody else get a talk? No, please. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll, we'll get there. I'm not even a guest. I had, I, I, I had to buy a ticket to be here. Uh, so the great thing about the restaurant and, and Spikes and Noah, and I know Jace will say this too, and so will Tish, is the people that you meet. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, from the first day uh, we opened Spikes and the customers that would come in, the people that we'd meet, it just you build relationships and with food, like the communal table, mm-hmm. when you cook for somebody all these years or every day, you know, the same com- come in, comes in for lunch, you build these relationships and, and it's just, it, it, you expand on that. And, you know, we started small. I was raised in construction. My dad was a builder. Um, we, we, dad did all the Lake City Bank buildings. So I had a construction background and, Spikes was just very small. It was the same width as a volleyball court. That's why the original one was that width. And um, it was more like a concession stand, the first, the first Spikes. Um, and it just, my, my need to cook more and, to, and knowledge of food, this was before their food channel and all that other stuff. Um, I just had that passion. It was, I enjoyed it so much and hard work. Number one toughest job I've ever had. But um, my desire to learn more about it and the fact that I, my parents told me I needed to get a year-round job <laughs> because in the, in the winters, I would either work for my father, doing LCB stuff, or there was, and this was a, a, a wonderful point of change for me, was uh, a couple, young couple came in and, and um, we became friends, and and they were from North Webster, but they were living in the Caribbean, and they came back to take care of their grandfather, and they were in their twenties, married. And they said, "What do you do?" They asked me, "What do you do during the winter?" And I said, uh, "I work for my father." And they said, "Well, you ought to just take over our life down in the Caribbean because we had to leave our jobs and we manage a." a resort and maintenance and things like that. And I thought, I thought, well, that sounds a lot better than staying at winter in Indiana. We'll go try out. So it was in St. John, mm-hmm. uh, Virgin Islands. And that was in mid nineties. How old were you? I can't tell you. Uh, but younger. <laughs> no. Because math. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably thirties. 
Yeah. I'm guessing 30s. I think I started spikes in, when I was 27. Um, so uh, bought a plane ticket. Short story, I bought a plane ticket. Flew down to the Virgin Islands. Um, worked for my first uh, classically trained chef out of New York. Um, worked three different kitchen jobs and a uh, maintenance job. And loved it. Just absolutely loved it. So um, while I was in St. John, um, I realized, you know, there's nothing in Warsaw even close to what I'm looking at here and what I've been doing. So I worked at Morgan's Mango. Tish and I love going down to St. John. So Morgan's Mango was down there, great restaurant. Chateau Bordeaux, which was wiped out by a hurricane. So it's not there anymore. And I thought, if I could, if I could do just a little bit of this, Back in Warsaw, I think the customer would be, you know, receptive of it. And I planned on, I did concept work for Noah for two years, came up with the name. And, you know, Noah started in 2000, and now it's, what is this, 23, 23. years old? Yeah. yeah. It's mm -hmm. amazing. Mm -hmm. So um, I thought you were going to say plane took it down and you brought that plane back and put it on the roof. Oh, well, yeah. That later. That's another story. That's another story. But, you know, it's just been, it's, I don't know. I kind of drive Tish crazy. I, you, from a concept standpoint, there's a million things I'd like to do. Mm -hmm. uh, the restaurant and the work involved kind of tempers me quite a bit. Um, because we're both hands-on still. He's got the most incredible ideas. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's probably a list of 100 fantastic ideas out there. And they're all for sale. <laughs> <laughs> Bring your checkbook. He, he's yeah. a great concept guy, really. Yeah. And that's his marketing background, his creative mind. Mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't drive me crazy until they start, you know, until he's got 10 projects started. And that's, that's the mm -hmm. hard thing is just trying to keep up with what he has going on in his mind. Mm -hmm. All right, so because you're concerned about anybody else having a chance to talk, I'm going to pivot over here to Jason. No, we're good. Where, where, where do you come in here? Why, if he's the godfather, Jason, well, why are you here? Um, so, so, so <laughs> the, the, the ironic portion would be, is, you know, Tish makes a reference to, to Scott having brilliant creative ideas mm -hmm. but the struggle with that is like you said you gotta you gotta have time you, you gotta have you gotta have people you gotta have a support staff and so um i came along during a time period of one of those ideas where he needed just somebody to stand there and be a warm body and um so i started working with noah noah and scott when i was 16 uh, which, and I've told Scott this numerous times and he knows this, I have no idea what he was thinking hiring me as a 16-year-old kid. I remember... I know, dishwashing, but you know, right, whatever. Yeah, 100%, <laughs> right? Sure. Uh, I, I remember him asking, because um, I, I, I was a kid and most of my interview process, I think, actually happened between Scott and my father. And I remember the question being asked, does, does your son know how to cook? And I think the answer was, well, he eats quesadillas. <laughs> and, you know, and uh, at that point, uh, uh, I, I showed a little bit of interest in food. And 
my family had had eaten at Noah Noah and Spikes, you know, throughout the year, so I was pretty familiar with it. And uh, Scott basically just gave me a chance, and uh, and and similar to to Scott's story about like falling in love with it and and the interaction with people, and and you know, as as a young individual, I was very fortunate to to one find a home where my my boss, leader, and mentor, not only Scott, but as as a group, was very willing to take on a 16-year-old kid and kind of teach me how to become an adult. I mean, I, I, I grew up around a lot of these people. Uh, but the most beautiful thing was falling in love with what hospitality is, is mm-hmm. taking care of people. Um, uh, Scott knows the story, but there, I remember being a 16-year-old kid, not knowing anything about food, but... Noah Noah always has an op- or always had had and still does have an open kitchen. So one of the beautiful things is when guests walk in through the front door, they get to see us. That we we get to see them, right? It's it's not this magical swinging door where things happen behind closed doors and then all of a sudden your food shows up and you're like, wow, that's amazing. Like you, you actually get to physically mm-hmm. see us do the work. And and I remember uh, I'm I'm going to leave his name out just out of respect, but there was one gentleman who would come in every single week and. He was kind of a, a a a deep voice, kind of burly kind of guy. You know, he kind of commandeered the room when he walked in, or at least to me as a 16-year-old kid that didn't know anything. But he put his arms up on the seafood case and he'd lean back and he would just go, Woods, what are you gonna cook for me tonight? And and like this is the moment the guy hits the front door. And I'm like, he hasn't talked to a host, he hasn't talked to a server, hadn't done anything. Doesn't even care what what Scott has put together as far as a menu. He just knows that I've walked in and I would like Scott to cook me dinner. And, and I just like that moment of, of, of what is actually happening in that moment of just like pure trust and appreciation for like somebody to do their art. And, and you have no question, no doubt in your mind that whatever is going to be put in front of you is going to be beautiful. That was something I fell in love with. Interesting. Interesting. So where do you draw the line? How, so that guy has done, comes in, goes on the counter. What are you going to cook me tonight? Not everybody does that True. because they can't do right. that. Mm-hmm. How did, did those relationships evolve over time with this community? We hear on this podcast all the time that community is what makes Kosciuszko County different. It's just a little bit different from a lot of times we're talking big city or even moderate sure. city, but it's the community. It's the people. Oh, yeah. So how you do business and deal with the guy that comes in and puts his arms on the counter and says, what are you going to cook for me? Talk about the community here that you built this business in. Uh, we owe everything to Costco County, um, and I'll I'll throw uh, you know the, the orthopedic community mm-hmm. also. Um, with uh, you know, Warsaw is a global community to a certain degree, and from a from a chef standpoint, from a cook standpoint. Um, we're kind of wide open. I mean, you know, I graduated with an art background, but I still look at a, at a plate as a, as a palette. And instead of painting with colors, I'm painting with, with food and textures and, and flavors. And you make the plate and you give it out. You make the plate and you give it out. And you, and you try to make the next one better than the last. But um, the customers uh, are open to that. They're, they're especially now, everybody's in, you know, whether it's, Food Network or whatever they're watching. There's, I mean, f- food is on the f- on the front burner. Um, you know, we're, we're we're made for a reality TV show. 
in the restaurant world, there is that side to it. Uh, we try not to delve into that so much, but it's fast paced. It's, it's full throttle. If you're a busy restaurant, you're hundred percent all the time. The community supports us uh, day in and day out. I mean, we pull from, a, Jason and I, I know Jason and I both, we and Tish, we both pull from all around surrounding counties, but uh, Kosciuszko County has supported us from the get-go. Yeah. And you need that variation of people walking through the door, those that have certain expectations, those that know what you do, but that's, I think, the draw for most of us that work in it is that your evening is not going to be the same as the last. Um, there's always something different going on. Um, and same thing with employees. You've got to have those employees that um, are varied in personality. Um, that's really the heart of. Yeah. And uh, what I, I'll, that's a good jumping off point here. And I'll just say. I've been going to Noah's for a good long time now. Mm -hmm. You go to, and you can insert big, big chain name stores because we have uh, restaurants because we have some of those in town. And you can go to even other small ones. But at Noah's, and Jason, I haven't been to 110 enough, but at Noah's, I know for years, the same people are working there. And mm -hmm. in this labor market, in this area, it, it says a lot about your businesses and the culture that you create. If yeah. I can go in and I can see the same server that I had or I've been waiting on five, six, seven years ago mm -hmm. is still doing what they're doing for you because that's not happening in this community with other businesses, food or otherwise, but especially food. Sure. So I'm, I'm going to, if it, it's go not ahead. a question, go but right I'm going to segue. So you kind of mentioned, and Scott, I'm sorry that I'm going to, tell this story, but you uh, kind of mentioned that Scott was kind of the godfather, right? Mm -hmm. But I, but I want to, I want to piggyback on your comment about the longevity of employees. What, what K County may not understand, and maybe they do, is what was so wonderful about what Scott was able to create back in the eighties and nineties. And, and when he was starting this was Sorry, <laughs> ten years ago when yeah, no one else was created <laughs> before ten, cell phones. Ten plus, yeah. Was in in all of his people that that were able to walk through their doors. It, it was creating the shared passion for what it is that you're doing, and so when you look at somebody who's willing to to stay in the same location for seven, eight, ten years. The Godfather reference comes from that. So e even though mm -hmm. the reason that you're referencing him as the Godfather is because there's a few restaurants in town that were derived from an old employee of Scott's. Mm -hmm. But even though we were no longer an employee within the doors of Noah Noah, the employment of Noah Noah is the reason that we ended up doing what we ended up doing, mm -hmm. you know, because what was instilled in us and his current employees is the love for the industry. And, and I think K County, we need to thank Noah Noah for the simple fact that it changed the environment of what hospitality was for Warsaw, where when a kid's coming out of high school and, you know, mom and dad say, Hey, you got to go get a gig. And they go, great. And it's either McDonald's, Applebee's and Scott goes, no, we can create, we can create a hospitality industry. In Warsaw, and and it it so much of what we have today has stemmed from that 
crazy neck of the woods volleyball world of selling ham sandwiches and you know cheap beer yeah. and 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 i don't think that he knew what he was building but sharing that passion has just evolved over time and it's become really beautiful and i think one of the things as someone who's frequented both of your restaurants um and a lot of other great kind of small business you know food opportunities here in Kosciuszko county i think that love of hospitality, if you get to sit, um, you choose to sit at a table at 110 or at NOAA, um, that hospitality is alive and well here. And it is something I think that draws people together. And I think, I hope when I'm saying this for both of you that I'm not filling in the gaps, but um, it keeps you coming back, right? And so what is it about this opportunity here in Kosciuszko County or, the businesses that you have that keep you here, that keep you excited about what's happening here and open that door to try new things, to figure it out. Um, but also, you know, you get some grace and some love and a lot of respect from, you know, people that are appreciative of what you're doing and coming back to your tables. Mm-hmm. And I think to your point, when you, you said like, what's so neat about our community, it, it is the, the willingness and support to allow some maybe kind of crazy ideas exist and, you know, attempt. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we have one of the better seafood restaurants and we're completely landlocked. Right. But it's because he's put the work in to get seafood here mm-hmm. under a 24-hour, 48-hour window. And, right. and you kind of go, you're in the middle of Indiana. And you go, right, but we'll put you up against anybody else. Like that, but for, for K County to support that, that's pretty impressive. So let's talk a little bit about the rat. I mean, we've talked a lot about the business behind it and, and kind of laying groundwork. Um, y'all are very unique. You mentioned, and Jason, you mentioned the seafood angle, but let's talk about 110. What makes that work? What makes and how did you settle? And it's, it sounds like it's a cockamamie idea over here, right place, right time. But how did the concept of 110, what you do, what sets you apart, the difference, how did that come to be? And let's talk about your respective restaurants just a little bit mm-hmm. now. Sure. Uh, the, the simplest answer is this. I wouldn't be where I am had I not worked for Noah Noah back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um. So wanted to open up my own restaurant and uh, I'll give you the background story in a second, but wanted to open up my own restaurant. So in the food world, you basically have meat or seafood, correct? right? Yep. And then, then you, you fill in the gaps with the vegans and the vegetarians, but we've got meat or seafood. I grew up cooking seafood. Scott was still making a living cooking seafood. I wasn't going to cook seafood. I mean, it, it was pretty much that simple. Um, obviously started when I was 16, cooked all the way through high school, through college. Uh, every time I came back home, I'd call Scott up and, you know, he'd say, I, well, what do you want to do? And I, I don't care. I'll, I'll do pantry. I'll do dishes. Like I'm home for the weekend. I'll just help out. And he was gracious enough to always let me in, um, and, and kept that kind of passion going. And then after school, I went into orthopedics Similar to Scott's story, I had to wear a suit and tie every day and drove a lot around the, the state of Indiana and realized that a suit and tie was not my space. 
left orthopedics and then decided it was time to open my own space. And uh, so then, you know, when you start kind of creating the idea of, of what the restaurant's going to look like, what it's going to offer, you start to look at your surrounding community, right? You, you go, okay, well, we've got Cerulean and what does Cerulean do? And they're, they're you know, Asian fusion. We've got Noah, we've got Spikes. Um, at, at the time we had just had a, a new burger bar open, which was Okanali. Um, so you, you kind of look at the environment and you go, what are our gaps? And I, I remember after I'd bought the building, I sat on the front porch and just kind of did a survey of people walking by me. And I had a cup of coffee and I just sit there and I had a notebook. And every time somebody walked by me, I'd go, what do you think Warsaw's missing? And I just started taking data points. And the answers were, there were two answers. It was Italian and steaks. And uh, as much as I love to eat Italian food, I don't own enough cookbooks of Italian cooking yet. Uh, but I did grow up out in, uh, in Pearson. So we were a mean potatoes family. You know, uh, a lot of my extended family were farmers. Um, you know, my family would, would raise cattle. We would process cattle. We would throw it in our freezer and then we would eat, you know, whatever we, we had coming through. So a farm to table kind of steakhouse just kind of made sense. And it was in my wheelhouse. It was where I was comfortable. This was my first project that I was, I was going on on my own with. And so I wanted to make sure that I was very comfortable with it. So uh, we just celebrated eight years mm -hmm. as a uh, Midwestern farm-to-table steak and cocktail bar, and uh, it's been a fun journey. All right, and so and so so what do you serve? Meat, meat and potatoes. So it's meat, but but uh, you guys do some 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 higher end stuff. Are you dabbling do. in the wagyu and things yep, like that. Yep. So so again, you know, going back to like the, looking at the environment, we, we had and. You know, food is food, whether it's it's McDonald's or, you know, St. Elmo's, like food is food, right? But you have a spectrum. And so going back to that scale of, of understanding what whole was in Warsaw, I, I'm a big collaborative person. I didn't want to come in and to somebody else's space and, and try to compete directly. So, you know, whether it's a price point position or a celebration position, we kind of wanted to try to fill those gaps so, so that when you're sitting at home, and you look at your spouse and you say, hey, I want to have dinner, you kind of start to, what check, what check boxes do I need to select out of, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so we are, we are a little bit on the uh, more of a celebration style place. Uh, we, we operate Tuesday through Saturday, 5 to 9 o'clock. We have a full bar program, and then we do uh, a lot of caterings in town as well. All right, so here's the question. Now I'm going to put you on a spot. Sure. Okay, so uh, I don't usually grill steaks at home. Sure. Okay, you know why? I suck at it. Fair. I will destroy a good cut of meat. That's I have some fillets in the freezer sad. from the from from the from uh, quarter beef that we yep. get, everyone. And I very rarely put them on the grill because I, I will destroy them. Uh, so when you're dealing with these wagyu and these sure. the, these these premium cuts, Jason, how many how many cuts of meat have you ruined perfecting oh, your craft? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I think we'll 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 edit that section so it'll just be a dead space but um <laughs> you know the the other because there's perfection there's sure. perfecting that right. comes along with it right, so right. it's a it's a it's a cutesy way to come around you you've worked at this over time i i will say if i've been cooking since i was 16 i have screwed up 24 years worth of sticks <laughs> <laughs> and then you know and we can go over here I, it's a lot more difficult to screw up fish but I've done it, I'm sure. So talk about the challenges as you explore these spaces and trying to find the niche, finding what, what people want. It kind of causes you to stretch yourself, and you've stretched yourself probably over multiple times. Uh, talk about the ups and downs doing that. 
and, and, what, what, and, and what's the biggest fish that you've destroyed? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, we, Tish and I, we, we let's see, it's, we've had, it's, we've been getting direct fish from the East Coast now for about 15, 14 years, 14 years. Something like now. that. Mm-hmm. And it changed, it changed the way we, we do business. Uh, we were going through a third party and, a, you know, the typical way any other restaurant in Indiana will get fish. And um, once we, Tishna went out to Boston just to see if we could make a change. And, you know, we, again, it's just relationships. We didn't meet anybody at the show, the trade show that we needed to see. We met an older couple sitting at an oyster bar at the Union Street Oyster, Union How Union House? Union Street Oyster. Union Street Oyster Bar. Oldest oyster bar in Boston. We sat down, and it was 2008 because the stock market was going sideways, and um, struck up a conversation. And they were from um, Ashtabula, 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 Ohio, mm-hmm. and the Makis. And uh, he said, "You can do this. I'll show you how to do it." And he was kind enough. We flew back home from Boston. Grabbed the boys, threw them in the car, drove back to Ohio. We stayed there for a day or two. Mm-hmm. Yep. He got and he showed us. He gave us everything. He laid it all out. All his suppliers, all his how he needed he because you have to figure out how to get it here to to you. But it was the most gracious thing. We thanked them. We thanked them over and over and over again. Cause it's been um it's been a wonderful experience. So everything comes, ninety percent of it comes in fresh. What's the shelf life? So the fresh fish that you come in, what, what's your window that you are able to use that? It's really, it's a week. Is it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Easy, it's, easy, it's an easy week. Yeah. Because they're just, it's so, it, the, short it's so story, fresh. Yeah. I it's, mean, it's that right, fresh. Right. You've got yeah. that kind so, of fish. So how yeah. it works with us, and there's really no trade secrets on this, they, these companies supply all the way to Chicago, the high-end, high-end restaurants. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll... And, and Jason knows this too. I'll get a sales sheet on what is caught, what is caught early Monday morning. I'll put my order in Monday morning, 10 or so. Um, they'll process the order. They'll um, process the fish that night. So whatever I order is whole fish. And it was swimming a couple mm-hmm. days before. And then uh, on freight Wednesday morning early, and uh, oh, Tuesday night late, Wednesday morning early, I get it delivered. And they're just dropping yours off because they're running and that they're around going to all the yeah, way to Chicago. Actually, Chicago to Milwaukee. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. the location then actually is helpful. You know, we talk oh, about yeah. Indiana being yeah. landlocked. It's mm-hmm. helpful the fact that oh we're right on the corridor going to flipping Chicago. There you go. Yeah. And, yep. 100%. and this, one, this restaurant would look a lot different in Kokomo 100%. Yes. or Carmel yeah. or somewhere else. Couldn't do it. For right. sure. Interesting. Where you sure. have to spend a lot more to get it there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's just changed how we do business. Yeah. And and you and and it's the same with Jace. Now, at once, we could provide the customer with a a product that's ten times better than we were using. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's you cut not out frozen. the middleman. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. 
Yeah. So two to three Which days is some, pressure. Something like a godfather would do. I'm just yeah. going to cut yeah, out no, that middleman. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I've asked for years where that middleman is, <laughs> and he just tells me, don't drive by the river. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We're putting people on the river. Yeah. Right. Are you careful. Not your kind of river. Um, time, is, time is flying. We could probably stretch this for hours. So you turned out, again, to be um, Nostradamus over here talking about a couple hours. But I want to I flip it a little bit. Um, you guys are all in the restaurant business. Um, surely you get tired of food from time to time. If you don't want to cook it, Tish, where do you go? That Especially is the here. question. Where, where Every time eat? we have free time and we, we are faced with that question, where do we go? It takes us a while. Mm-hmm. It takes us a little while. And we, to be honest with you, if we didn't own... Spikes, that's probably where our hangout would be. Yeah. Um, it's a little hard when you own it to be able to sit down at the table and enjoy. Um, a little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I tried the funny nose and glasses. Yeah. I, I <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, we actually, we really enjoy um, a lot of the Mexican restaurants in town. Mm-hmm. Scott's got a relationship with um, Tony um, from El Camal. Mm-hmm. And um, over at La Pasadita, Martin, they, they're brothers. They put out an incredible product, and they've been in town doing this for 30-plus years. Yeah, 30 years. Mm-hmm. Easy. Um, Indian, we've got some really great Indian restaurants here mm-hmm. in town. Um, one of my favorites recently is Top Thai. Mm-hmm. She does the most mm-hmm. incredible papaya salad. Um, Scott got me hooked on that. It's very good. Um, summer rolls from them, fantastic. Um, so I think that we're really, we're really blessed to have those cultures and availability as far as restaurants go within our, you know, driving distance. And I'll, I'll say this, and uh, customers will come up when Jace, Caleb uh, France opened up Cerulean, Jace opened up 110, and you'll inevitably you get that customer that goes. You know, doesn't that just, isn't, you know, <laughs> isn't that the worst? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, he's the worst yeah. guy I've ever yeah. met. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> but here, and, I, and I've said this before, it takes, restaurants drive communities, you know? Mm-hmm. We also like to go to Chicago to eat because of the variety of food that's there. Mm-hmm. And there's a restaurant stacked on top of a restaurant, a restaurant, a restaurant. And you're all trying to do, yeah, you're all selling food, but you have to put your spin on it. You have to be creative with it. You'll have the relationship there and you just go there. There might be better restaurants or, you know, somebody thinks they're a better restaurant. But the restaurants, especially in Warsaw, drive this. I, th- I think people ask, where do we eat? That's the first place. You know, where, where are you going to eat? You know, they'll come into my place. I said, don't come here every night. Go to Jason's. Mm-hmm. Go try Cerulean. Mm-hmm. Go try these places. I don't want you to burn out, but that's what I think makes a city great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Warsaw is pretty small, but we've got some good restaurants oh, in town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're we're from a food scene, we're way bigger than than what we are. Yeah, but I, I mean, if if you look at us just from like a pure number standpoint, and then you take like our pocket of hospitality industry, and then you compared it to other demographics that are similar. We're we're shooting way outside of our own own ballpark, mm-hmm. so we're pretty fortunate. Where do you go, Jason? Um, locally, um, 
A peanut butter and jelly from my own fridge is wonderful. <laughs> um, but you still have to you yeah. have to create that. No, though. you do. Uh, I, I mean, you know, naturally, um, love Noah. I, I play volleyball with Spikes two nights a week. Um, literally was just there yesterday. Uh, love Cerulean. Um, Light Rail, their pizza's great. Uh, the Indian place, uh, Barani downtown. I think they're doing an excellent job. Um, we we also have a, a Mexican place that we enjoy a lot, but it's right around the corner from us. It's called uh, Acapulco, mm-hmm. Melinda. Uh, we think that she's uh, she's doing a great job in there. Unfortunately, they're having the the fire rebuild right now, but you know it, it's it's one of those where and and to Scott's point, we do get asked this question all the time and and it and it stinks that sometimes the community thinks that we're overly competitive and and i i like to think and i think scott's probably instilled this in me which is what he just said is yeah we are competitive because we want to do our thing but we're simultaneously collaborative we we want to support everybody else um, the community is a better place when we have more places to eat and we have more things to do uh, I, I would hate to be the only restaurant in K County that's worth its weight. That would be miserable. And so mm-hmm. to, to see, you know, we, we even have some new places downtown. We've yeah. got the new uh, Oku Roji that's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, operating and, and they're doing great work. It, it's, it, it's beautiful to see the development. And, and if we develop as a community and as a group mm-hmm. through food, we can all we can all succeed, and and we'll just be a way better spot to live. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think too, I, I I kind of it was interesting when you said how one ten came about. Sure, that you you didn't come in here with an idea. I'm going to be a X restaurants, and we're going to do this hell or high water. Right. You didn't necessarily seek out competition. Actually, went the right. other way because right. any business owner. It's better to try and find something that has a need that you can fulfill most of rather than come in and try and take 50% of a need that's already being possibly filled here already. So that just screams there's not necessarily competition. I get get asked every week why I don't sell seafood. Every every day. I'll sell you some. I know. (laughs) I hear he's got a great supply. Cut out the middleman. But you know what? When I get asked that question, I, I... Instantly, I throw it back and I go, actually, I said, you, you need to go check out Noah Nova across town. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because like Scott said, you're, nobody's going to eat with me five days a week. Nobody's going to eat with Scott five days a week unless, unless we happen to own five businesses that are all different. But the, the reality is, is I'll get you on Tuesday, Scott will get you on Wednesday, and Oku will get you on Thursday. And, you know, yeah. and, and now we have options and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we're gonna we're we're gonna need to wrap this up, unfortunately. So we're gonna go to the signature question. Uh, Jessica, you want to ask the signature question? She'll ask it once, but all three of you have to answer. And if we have to do rock paper scissors to see who goes first, we'll do that. <laughs> no, but we'll lady, see. ladies first. And okay. this is not oh, way to go. Um, it this does not have to be a food answer. So we've had a food podcast, okay? But that doesn't mm-hmm. mean that your answer has this to be. This was a food podcast. Oh, Jason. <laughs> Shocker. Okay, so here's here's your question. What does clearly Kosciuszko mean to you? And I know 
Jason gave Tish the green light, but if somebody else has an answer, yeah, you can jump on be it before someone steals your thunder a little bit. See, I honestly think Jason knew the question was coming because he's listening, so he should probably <laughs> answer it first. Uh, out of respect, we can give Tish time and she can go last. There you go. Um, I, I want to give a slightly different answer than what I gave the first time around. I think it has to do with, for the first time in a long time, I think Warsaw or K County has kind of been on a bit of a precipice of success over the over the years. You know, we we've had we've had bright spots. We we've had things like Noah and that that have really pushed the envelope. Mm -hmm. um, but but those were kind of singular moments in time or singular spaces that that we're really trying to develop and i think for the first time under the idea of clearly kosciuszko i think we have a whole bunch of movers and shakers that are feeling the same way understanding that this next step that k county has the ability to make could be a very very massive step and and i think we're right on the edge of, of trying to understand, are we going to make that leap or are we going to stay in our current state where we get some bright spots and they last for a couple years and then they taper off. You get some bright spots and they taper off. I think for the first time, uh, the idea of clearly Kosciuszko is kind of enveloping the whole picture of where we're going moving forward. Over to this side, I'll defer. I'll go. Okay, I'll go. Sure. Um, if if we're talking about Kosciuszko County, um, I think of it as it's it's home. I haven't lived a whole lot of other places, um, but I do know when we visit other places, there's a heart here that is very different. Um, community keeps coming up in these conversations and it comes up outside of this podcast um, how incredible our little community is um, how supportive in whether it's at our restaurants or other businesses um, I think that we are a really unique place um, when it comes to that heart um, in in many ways you're done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to kind of say along the lines of what Jace, Jason said, and, and that's optimism. And um, I, I feel being in the business community now for um, 35 years, um, there was a time, especially when I was firing up what I was doing, that I felt like I was pretty much all by myself. And it was like, well, I'll just do this because I have this feeling that it's it, it's the right way to go. And um, there were, at that time, and I'm talking late 80s, early 90s, there was a lot of, you know, a lot of people playing it safe, we'll say that. Mm -hmm. A lot of people playing it safe. And uh, um, I don't know, want to thank uh, Clint Pletcher, who was my, who was my loan, my first loan officer that I bought my first truckload of sand with. 
And Clint said to me, he, Clint was an optimist, and he said to me, Scott, he goes, we're going to give you this loan. It's like City Bank. He said, we're going to give you this loan, but I just want to play devil's advocate for a second. If this doesn't work out, what 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 are we? what's the bank going to do with all this sand? <laughs> and I said, Clint, I'll make it work. And he goes, I believe you. And And it takes those kind of people, that kind of person. And I was young at that time, younger, and I wasn't going to let him down, you know? And... Now I see Warsaw totally different. You know, there's 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 more optimism. There's people taking risks. There's creativity, whether it's a sign of the times or or whatever compiles it all together. It just it feels better in town. There's things going on, and that's that's a key to a good city. Things have to be. You can you can feel a city that's thriving, mm-hmm. and it's ours is. You know, we've got like four roundabouts now, don't we? Uh, right? <laughs> I know. Okay, you cannot put roundabouts in as progress. No. No, non-starter with me. <laughs> now we've oh, learned Ryan's feelings yeah, about no, that. Man. But go to the right. yeah, I Just think go to the right. it's been a great conversation, but I think you're right. There's been a lot of growth and change, and it's exciting to see what's next, what's still coming, how mm-hmm. we're still developing. Mm-hmm. Um there's always going to be change, but knowing that as a collective community, we're making a positive impact and looking for what's next, I think is you know really important. Mm-hmm. So fun to have this conversation sure. to look back, but also to look at what's coming, what's ahead. No, yeah. uh, I think the future is bright. And speaking of what's next, the next series after this, remember this one was small town, big amenities. These restaurants, uh, your, both your restaurants considered big amenities. So mm-hmm. put that. I expect that to see it on the wall, Noah Noah. <laughs> Big amenity. Um, our next uh, series is A Life Well Lived in Kosciuszko. That series is going to launch in August. We'll be talking uh, first with Mark Necht of the Chautauqua Wall Sea, uh, discussing art, education, faith, and recreation. So stay tuned for that. Guys, thanks for coming in here again. We could have stretched this to hours and hours and hours. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've just touched. We haven't. We didn't even talk about the menu, the fact that you mentioned relationships. Uh a good chunk of Noah's sushi rolls are by name, and I know their names of employees, some of them, because one of them is one of my cousins that's on there. So uh, we didn't even dive in, dive into that. Um, lots of good things. I encourage you to get out and see 110, to go to Noah Noah, uh, and all the other restaurants that we have in town. Thank you all mm-hmm. for being here today. Thank you for having us. The next Clear the Kosciuszko podcast drops in two weeks. This is put on by Kedco Dream On Studios in partnership with Tippy River Adventures. Get on the river. TippyRiverAdventures.com. Book there and visit Kosciuszko County. Until next time, stay safe. We'll see you. Clearly Kosciuszko is a countywide voice created in partnership between the Lilly Center for Lakes and Streams, Kosciuszko County Convention and Visitors Bureau, Kosciuszko Chamber of Commerce, and the Kosciuszko Economic Development Corporation. If you're seeking a day trip or a weekend getaway, a place to start your business, or a flexible location for a corporate conference, clearly Kosciuszko will connect residents and visitors with the right resource throughout the county. Thanks for listening.